It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, who I'm looking forward to seeing tonight, what I'm looking for, and more pitching woes. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, we get ready for preseason game number one with the Falcons in Miami to take on the Dolphins after a couple of days of joint practices together. And look, a lot of good things coming out of the practice. And look, here's the reality. I'm probably going to be more interested in some of the results from practice than what I'll end up being from the game. But let's look at a couple of things, okay? So first, let's talk about who I'm looking forward to seeing tonight. Now, if Desmond Ritter plays at all, and that will be a big if, but I am looking forward to seeing him just in the sense of I want to see him throw the football. I want to see him, and I'll I'll be honest with you, I would love to see him take a couple of shots downfield just to kind of see what we have, just huck it around a little bit, throw it around. Look, do I know he can turn and hand off to our guys? Absolutely. I know he can do that. I know he can be elusive in the pocket. I, I know he's a heady quarterback. I don't think he's going to make bad decisions, but I want to see him throw the football. Now, again, we may not get to see Desmond Ritter when all is said and done. He may not even play. And even if he does play, I'm guessing he's going to play eight or 10 snaps at most. You know, it's not going to be very much. But if he gets in and he gets a chance to go behind center, I want him to throw the football. I, I want to see him throw the football. I don't care who he throws it to. I don't, I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey that he throws it to. I want to see him throw it around a little bit. And I would love to see him take a deep shot or two. Even if that means three and out and we go on our merry way, I want to see him huck it downfield a little bit. Just to show me his accuracy, his arm, just his moxie, whatever. So I'm looking forward, if we do see him, he's certainly one of the guys that I'm going to be looking forward to. I'll give you another guy on the offensive line. And obviously, this is going to be the Matthew Bergeron show. I think he's going to get a heavy dose to see what he can do at left guard. Hennessy obviously still out. It doesn't matter if it's the ones or twos or whatever like that. I think he's going to get a heavy dose of what they can do at left guard with him. And I don't know at the end of the day if Bergeron can take that job. You know, obviously, they drafted him in the second round. and You would think that eventually they're going to want him to take over the left starting guard job, but they might not want to push him in right away. Might want to let him grow organically and naturally on his own. 
So I'm looking forward to just seeing him playing at a different position. Does he look lost? Is he capable? Is he strong? I mean, whatever. I just want to see kind of watching him navigate his way through playing that left guard spot. The other guy, believe it or not, I want to see if Jalen Mayfield's an NFL player. You know, I want to see if Jalen Mayfield can turn his career around. He's going to play tackle. I want to see if he's a, an NFL player or not. If he's not, if he doesn't look like an NFL player, move on from him. Okay. No need to take up a roster spot just because he was a third round pick. So whether or not he can play right tackle, left tackle, whatever like that, I want to see him more back at his natural position from what it was in college and just see if he's even a capable NFL player. On the defensive side, I really wish we could have seen either Okuda or, at worst, Clark Phillips play, but obviously those two guys will be out uh, tonight. I would imagine Kyle Pitts is going to be out uh, as well, so from the injury standpoint, those guys are probably all going to miss the game. Certainly Okuda will miss, and and Clark Phillips will miss uh, as well. Zach Harrison is a guy, though, that I want to see, the rookie third-rounder out of Ohio State. What I'm more interested in seeing is where they line him up exactly. You know, is he just going to be a defensive end on a three-man front, or do they give him a little bit of outside linebacker spot? I don't know. I mean, but I I certainly look to see where Zach Harrison is going to play. I'm going to watch him pretty closely because, again, we can't have enough guys that get after the quarterback. And I still have my concerns about guys who – are going to get after the quarterback. D'Angelo Malone is another guy that whether he's, where is he going to play outside linebacker? He's certainly not going to play defensive edge. He's lost a little bit too much weight for all that. He's a little bit too small for all that. He'll get pushed around, but can he be an outside linebacker? And if he is an outside linebacker, can he be more than just a rush guy? They might just use him on some third and longs or what have you, and just see if he can get after the quarterback. I'll even take that if if he's if his only skill set will end up being that he can sack the quarterback, I'll take that. If he's only a third down specialist that goes after the quarterback, I'll take that. But I want to see where they maneuver him and I want to see if they drop him back in coverage or anything like that to give him an opportunity to do some different things. But first and foremost would be for him to get after the quarterback. Jalen Hawkins is another guy that I want to see. And I want to see how he adapts to, frankly, a backup role. We obviously know that Jesse Bates is going to be one of the starting safeties. I definitely think it's probably going to be Richie Grant at the end of the day, who's going to be the other starting safety. But Hawkins is a guy who's done some good things his first couple few years in the league. And he is a ball hawk safety. And again, he's a guy who can hit you. He can play on the ball. I mean, he's got a lot of different things that he can do, and he will certainly be a guy that they count on at the safety position as they rotate guys in and out. He's certainly still part of their plans, but I want to see how he adapts and really, you know, how he's adapting to a backup role. Then another guy that I want to see, and this from a more from a positional standpoint, what the rotation is of their second corners. Right now, Trey Flowers has been the guy who's been getting the bulk of the workload on that first team as he's been the guy filling in. Now, he's he's a guy that's a bigger corner, not necessarily fast, but he is a bigger corner. And do they just use him? Do they get my cues in the mix? Like, how are they going to ultimately kind of rotate around 
some of these guys because, look, the reality is is that Jeff Okuda is probably going to miss somewhere between the first week and month of the regular season. Like, I don't think he's going to be back in the very first game of the year or probably second game of the year. You know, and just talking to some people, just uh, – and, and I talked to D-Led last night. He was there, you know, when the injury happened. He saw it. He's like, I don't know if he's going to come back as quickly or not. So, again, if we have to live life without him, and this is what sucks about having Clark Phillips also hurt as well, the idea of, hey, could he be in the rotation, but maybe he's more of a nickel coverage guy, but can Trey Flowers or Mike Hughes or D. Alford, like those guys in particular, can what do they look like as a second corner? Because, again, you're going to have teams that, and it may not be Miami tonight, but as you get in the regular season, they're going to attack those guys. If a Jeff Okuda isn't there, even if Okuda's there, they're going to attack those guys. They're going to stay away from A.J. Terrell, and they're going to attack those second corners. So I'm just curious to see what the rotation is and if Trey Flowers really does get most of the snaps tonight or does he just play with the ones and then he's out you know, from there. So several guys that I'm going to have my eye on tonight as we get into this first preseason game. Look, I'm looking forward to the idea of this team getting a chance to finally get on the football field and just to see what they have going on. So I'm excited for preseason game number one. We'll see what happens. I don't care about results and things like that, but we'll talk here in just a minute about what it is that I want to see. But this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And listen, Bird Dogs is going to be the best pair of shorts that you've ever worn. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look. They're way better than old cotton shorts. They've got that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. And listen, you're going to have a chance now to get a pair of bird dogs and get a free gift with it. So you go to birddogs.com slash locked on. That's birddogs.com, B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com slash locked on and enter the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get a free white tech hat with your first order. That's right birddogs.com slash locked on and you can get a free white tech hat with your first order that's birddogs.com slash locked on use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to get that free white tech hat bird dogs is going to be the pair of shorts that you're never one going to take off we promise you this Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So what am I looking forward to tonight to seeing from the Atlanta Falcons? My number one overreaching goal in all of this is 
do we look like a better franchise? Do we look like a better franchise or a better looking team with capable, competent players on all sides of the football? That's that. I just want to see a general rise in talent level. You know, again, we've been one hand tied behind our back as far as roster goes. And certainly Arthur Smith has commented about the idea that this is the first year that he feels like we have a real roster and a real team to play with. So I'm excited to just see what our talent level looks like. Can we on a talent level look like that we hang with the Dolphins or what have you? You know, the Dolphins are a very, very interesting team. I mean, obviously they are a very talented team and they have a talented quarterback, but is he going to (laughs) live? You know, I mean, again, he can't afford to take many more shots on this thing, but again, they're a very talented football team on both sides of the football. Do we look like we hang with them? Falcons in those joint practices did a great job defensively against their offensive line, especially getting after Tua, making life difficult. The defensive backs also had a big day. You know, again, other than Tyreek Hill, who nobody can pretty much cover, but again, they did a really good job on their wide receivers and just overall on the defensive front. So I'm just excited. Look, I know it's going to be very vanilla. I know it's going to be nothing that we're going to get excited to to see. There's not going to be any trickery or any kind of real scheme or anything like that. They're not going to play intricate defenses and stuff like that. But do we have the personnel, just one-on-one personnel, to overwhelm on the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at players. We just talked about that. I'm looking at who's going to be our punt returners. I'm looking at things like that. But I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose. I don't care what the results are. I don't even care if it's a blowout one way or the other. I won't get too down, too up, or anything like that. I just want to feel like there's a better overall group of talent on the football field when we line up. That even though we're going to play basic and vanilla and all these things, do we have a talent have we closed the gap talent-wise on everything? That's all I can ask for in a game like this. Because, again, we're not going to see much. We're not going to see – if we do see starters, we're not going to see them barely at all. I'm guessing, again, eight or ten snaps would be Desmond Ritter's probably peak if we even see him. And Taylor Heineke will probably finish out the first half, and then Logan Woodside will finish out maybe the first half, and, and he'll be all the second half. But I just want to see – If when we look at it, I'm like, hey, you know, we've got some talent on this football team because, again, there's been a lot of money spent, draft picks and everything else. I don't care if I see B. John Robinson. I don't care if I see Kyle Pitts. I know that those guys are talented. What I'm looking at is just art, especially our defensive front and our defensive line. Do we look like we have guys that can make a real difference on the defensive line? Because, again, we have not influenced the game in a whole handful of years on the defensive side of the football. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the reason that the Falcons haven't won since 2017 isn't because, well, we don't have enough cap space. Well, we we haven't drafted well enough or this or that. Whatever myriad of excuses people have given you, 
the, the reason we don't have the reason we haven't won since 2017 is that we don't have enough good players that influence the game at the most important positions. A very simple philosophy. We don't have enough good players that influence the game at the most important positions. And that's what Ryan Mueller was trying to communicate when he commented about the Atlanta Falcons. Do we have enough good players at the point of attack that influence the game the most? And that's what I want to see out of this team. When all is said and done, when all the smoke clears and everything has happened, I want to see an increase in talent. And I want to see the other thing that I, that I want to see is us throwing the football. You know, I know we can run it. I know we can line up with whatever running back group that we have. We can run it behind our offensive line. I know that. That's not a mystery. Can we throw? I don't care if it's Taylor Heineke. I don't care if it's Logan Woodside. Can we throw the football around? Do we have enough playmakers? Do we have enough quarterback play? Can we throw the football? Can we come up with an offense that our guys beat their guys one-on-one and we can throw the football around? Very simple. I, I don't, I'm not looking for intricacies about guys running all over the place and this, that, and the other, and all these, you know, fault or all things. I mean, I want to just see that if our guy can beat their guy in a one-on-one running back, tight end, wide receiver, whatever it is, doesn't matter the name on the back of the jersey. And can we have quarterbacks that accurately throw the football and, and be a competent passing game? Because here's the thing last year. And this wasn't Desmond Ritter's fault. But with Marcus Mariota, we were an incompetent passing team. Doesn't matter if it was Drake London, Kyle Pittsburgh. We were incompetent at throwing the football. There's a difference between not being a good passing team, not throwing the football much, and being incompetent. That's what we were with Marcus Mariota. We were incompetent at throwing the football. You cannot be that way in today's NFL and think you're going to win and, and, and tell me about how we're going to be much better and this, than the other. If you can't throw the football at some point, you have to be able to do it. Why do you think all the wide receivers and quarterbacks make all the money nowadays? Why do you think they all get paid so much money? Because again, the league is all about throwing the football. You can win with our running game and play good defense and these kinds of things, but you still have to be able to throw the football in this league. And that's the other thing that I want to see. Show me the talent overall that looks like we're much better. Let me see defenses get after it. And let me see our offense be able to throw the football competently. That's all that I ask for. All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, make uh, sure that you go into whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. Let us know that you're an everyday listener to the show. So we definitely thank you so much for being a part uh, of the show. But let us know that you're an everyday, as we like to call them, that you listen in five days a week to the program. Well, it was more pitching woes for the Braves. They lost again yesterday, 7-5 to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And again, Bryce Elder, five innings, six hits, five earned runs given up. Two walks, five strikeouts. At least he didn't give up a home run, uh, 87 pitches. Now I believe that the Braves have, since the All-Star break in the second half of the season, the de facto second half of the season, the Braves have the worst ERA in the league, having just overtaken the Pittsburgh Pirates for the worst ERA after the All-Star break. That's not a good sign. And we've talked about Elder just the other day about, 
okay, can he get back on track and all this kind of stuff? Well, it wasn't another good performance. And here's the thing about, about this team. They're still scoring runs. They played four games against the Pirates, and they still scored 25 runs in four games. That's 6.25 runs per game. Now, you would think that 6.25 runs should win you three or four games because here's the thing. It isn't like the Braves in that four-game series scored 25 runs, but they scored 14 in one game and scored three in all the others. They scored five, seven, eight, six. I mean, they scored plenty of runs and on a consistent basis. They're scoring five, six, seven runs every game. But the problem is, is that, again, you can't score six and give up seven. You can't score five and give up five, uh, six. And the problem has been with the pitching staff is that they've had too many of these big innings where teams are scoring three, four, five runs at a time on them. You know, they're not able to limit the damage at times, you know, where it's only just a run given up and you got out of trouble or whatever like that. It's turning into three, four, five run innings. And that's the downfall is that okay, you have one of those innings and now you're scrambling to try to chase and come from behind. You know, the Braves are building their lead all the way through and the Braves are scoring first inning runs like madmen on pace to be the, you know, one of the highest scoring offense in the first inning of all time. But you can't give up all these big inning runs. Can't give up five runs in the third, you know, and then try to figure your way back into it. And again, like I said, the offense is doing its job. 6.25 runs over the last four games in the series in Pittsburgh. And they didn't give it, they didn't score 15 in one game and zero in the other ones. They scored 25 runs, you know, six, five, seven, eight on a consistent basis. Again, they scored five runs yesterday. If you'd have gotten any pitching, you could have won that game against the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. Now they're going to go up to Gotham. Now they're going up to New York. And now let's see what happens. Because we make fun of the mutts all the time on my radio show. They are a dreadful disaster of a franchise. And let me tell you, that pig of an owner, pig of a franchise, they deserve every bad thing that they can get. They're a disgusting, sloppy pig of a franchise. I hate the Mets. I loathe the Mets. I hate the Mets. I hate everything about, I hate where they play. I hate their airport. I hate their city. I hate the colors of their uniform. I hate their foch. I don't like Ray Knight. I don't like Lenny Dykstra. I don't like uh, Daryl Strawberry. I don't like any of them. Well, I kind of like Strawberry. I thought he was a pretty good player. I don't like anything about the Mets, the mutts. So again, all the bad things that can happen to them are good and warranted. And they have stunk it up lately. I mean, without Verlander and Scherzer, they stink. Go and handle your business. Go up to New York and handle your business. Beat the brains off this team. Beat the daylights out of them. Thump them over the weekend. It's going to be four games. It's a doubleheader on Saturday. It's a four-game set. One on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Go beat their brains in. Stomp a mud hole in them. Break their neck. Whatever you got to do, get yourself right. Mentally, physically, whatever it is, get yourself right. Don't allow this team to all of a sudden flourish offensively. Don't let Alonzo go nuts over the weekend or Lindor or so whoever. Don't let these guys thump you out there. 
You can't start giving up five, six, seven runs a game to even the worst teams. Again, you saw the Pirates are 11 games under 500. Pirates are nobodies in the baseball world. And they split with you. Why? Because our offense was scoring runs at a drastic pace. Because we can, we couldn't pitch well enough. And our starting pitching is getting to be real head scratching. The division's over. Okay. This is not about the division. It's not about the NL East. This is about where are we going to be in the big scheme of things? Where are we going to be? Because right now, Bryce Elder is working himself out of a playoff spot in the rotation. In the first part of the year, it would have been like, well, Elder's maybe first or second. Right now, it's Freed, Morton, um, Strider, and if Soroka can come back, maybe him. But right now, Elder is working himself out of a playoff spot in the rotation. Like he's like he's not to be trusted right now. You're gonna trust him to take on the good teams when he can't beat you know the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Detroit Tigers or some of these guys. And his record's good because again he's eight and four because again they score a million runs. Again they're on pace to be the highest scoring team in Braves history, the modern era. Yeah, again it's like scoring runs in 2003. Yeah, you got three guys in the outfield in 2003 hit 100 homers, and drove in 400 runs. Yeah, again, you can win a lot of games. And they did. And they're going to win a lot of games this year, too. And the division's over. No matter how bad the Braves are, the Mutts, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Fishnets can't do a single solitary thing to influence a baseball game. But you're going to have to pitch better. And again, it's still early. It's only August. But you got to get some of these guys on track. You got to get some of these guys that that they look like they're ready to take on the Dodgers and, you know, the best teams in the league and Milwaukee and teams like that in the National League or Philadelphia, for that matter. Phillies are probably going to be a playoff team. I mean, certainly that they, you know, again, we saw last year that they beat the Braves. You can't afford to have, you know, some guys coming back from injuries, Max Fried throwing up in a bucket, whatever. Like, we got to get these guys going and look. Elder's a guy working himself out of a rotation spot in the playoffs. He's not going to be taken out of the rotation this year because, again, they're so far out in front, like they can just cruise their way through it. But when it comes playoff time, you want Bryce Elder with the ball in game one right now against the Dodgers or teams like that? Come on. You know, like, let's be realistic. Elder's, you know, regressed here. And, look, it happens to rookies. We talked about this. It happens. But again, you you can't monkey around. You're trying to win the World Series. We're not trying to be a team that gets itself in the playoffs. We're trying to win the World Series. We're trying to win 11 playoff games. Trying to get the whole thing and have another parade on Peachtree, another celebration at Truist Park, another atmosphere around the ballpark of buses going down the street and we're celebrating. That's what it is. The minimum needs to be getting to the World Series for this team at this point. Minimum expectation, get to the World Series. Sorry, that's the minimum expectation or it's not been successful. This team is too good to be monkeying around where we can't find some. And by the way, Yanni Shiranos, why the hell that Max or uh, Michael Soroka isn't pitching every fifth day instead of a Yanni Shiranos is beyond me. We'll discuss that another time. But this pitching has got to get right. And again, they're scoring plenty of runs. Go up to Gotham, kick the crap out of the mutts, beat their brains in. Let's get back home and figure this out. 
Uh, but thank you so much for making Hitting Hard uh, your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our show, part of our community, listening in five days a week. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app. Give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll recap what the Falcons did over the weekend on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 